Thanks for joining us. This is The Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'm glad that you stopped in to listen to this podcast. Today, I have Nelson and his wife, Dyla. Dyla and Nelson are from Puerto Rico originally, and you're going to hear their story of the early years of their life. So stay tuned. Just a quick little word from our sponsor. I would like to thank McLeod Painting Group of Vero Beach, Florida for sponsoring this week's show. They specialize in interior and exterior painting. They are licensed and insured with over 45 years of experience, expanding over three generations. Give them a call at 772-501-0324 and tell them that Kevin James sent you. Again, that number is 772-501-0324. All right, get ready for a great interview with Nelson and his wife. So we are gonna start in about 60 seconds. Thanks, you guys, for joining us. I'm Kevin James. I'm the host of the Millennium Beat. I happen to have Nelson and his wife with us today. Nelson used to be our Spanish host for the Millennium Beat a yes. few years ago when we started. And um, he doesn't know it, but we probably might do a few more. <laughs> we might pull him out of retirement to do a few more shows here and there. Not not a regular schedule, but we might do one or two Spanish shows. So I'm willing. Yeah, and um, I'm okay. stuff like that. So I'm I still have the uniform. You still have the I uniform. I still have the shirt, yeah. You still have and the, the hat. shirt. That's good. And the hat. And mm. do you have the cup? Yes, I still have it. That's good. It hasn't broken. It's fallen, but it never broke. Oh, oh good. That's that's a good sign. It survived that's, the move. That's a good sign. So, <laughs> What we're going to talk about today, Nelson and his wife. His wife's name again is? Dyla. Di oh, yeah, that's right. Dyla. Dyla. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of sang it there. Dyla. Dyla. Yes, we are. we're going to have fun. I, I know we had fun when we did our testing on the stage mm -hmm. back a few years ago, and people yeah. like, like our rapport between us as mm. host and co-host. So. Yeah. So, we got goofy a lot. Yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah. You know, our audience is, you know, it's like we want to entertain them a little bit. Yeah, you know, and, and let us let them see our real side. Yeah, the real us, you know, you know? and and yeah, and not serious. Side. And then that then they know they can come back again. Mm -hmm. So that's really yeah, cool. and get harassed. And um, and maybe we'll take this comedy show on the road one day when I get my new bus. Hey, who knows, man? Uh, the Millennium Bus, and it won't be a yellow bus. No, a short yellow bus. No, it'd be a long forty-foot um, diesel pusher, Merc so, cruiser. Yeah, so we can. Uh, Coming to a city near you, the Nelson and Kevin Hour. Oh, they better get ready. Yeah, that should be fun. <laughs>
And uh, we'll, we'll put Dyla will be involved too. So oh yeah, so she'll, she'll be the Latin version of it. <laughs> She's a Latin, the Latin version of the Millennium Beat. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> she'll bring. She's got a good sense of humor. Okay, yes, she she's does. married to you. There you go. There you go. I have to see. He's already starting, so he better get ready to receive. Hey, no, I'm only kidding. Yeah, I know. You know, you, you got to give, you receive. So you got to have fun. What we're gonna do today is we're gonna hear a Nelson story a little bit up to. Um, you know, meeting and dialogue. So, um, and then she will tell her story up to the time that she met good old Nelson. Let's see if we both agree. Yeah. And we'll, at how we met. This is marriage counseling 101. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's where we have fun. And, yeah. and um, it, it's kind of like, remember that game? Like they put up, they write something like, you know, what's the mm-hmm. first time they, he did something wrong. And, newlywed game. Yeah. Newlywed. That's yeah. It, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So, um, I'm going to be quiet now, and I'm going to let you talk and tell your story from, from when you were a wee little child. Okay. Uh, you've got three hours now, Molika. Yeah. Uh, well, from what I've learned over the years, walking with the Lord. Wait a minute. You learned that when you were born? No. No, now. In the process. I want you to go back to your wee little child. Where were you born? Well, I was born in Puerto Rico, at Juntas, Puerto Rico. Okay, now we're going. I was a wee little child. You were, a wee li- you were very young when you were born. Well, I was a big kid, even though I was a wee little child. Uh, How big were you? I was bigger than the normal child, let's say yeah, that. I don't know what... I, I was really long and skinny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was bigger than most of the kids in the family. I was the biggest kid in school most of the time. So you, you, I was a big kid. You took a record coming out of, the, out of the gate. Yes, yes. I broke a record coming out of the gate. Um, I know that I've been chosen by God Okay. since before I was actually born. Oh. The Lord... Uh, brought it to my attention he when he when i got to really know him in depth i he told me i was chosen before my mother's womb wow and uh from what i can remember i've conversations with my mom when i was little she always told me that uh i always saw jesus and i always saw angels okay in the atmosphere uh i could sense them and she said that a lot of times, even when I was one year old, I'd be having conversations with them, mm-hmm. with Jesus. Oh, okay. And she'd ask me, who are you talking to? And I'd say, Jesus. And she, over the years, she always talked to me how, you know, God had called me or chosen me, but I didn't understand. Right. Now, this is all in Puerto Rico? Uh, no, I was one year old when my parents moved to New Jersey. Uh-huh. And then I was Jersey. raised- where you got Doisy. a cup of coffee and a ticket. Yeah, yeah that's ticket. The ticket. Yeah, and if you drop a quarter, you're going <laughs> to yeah. pick it up. Yes, yes. I remember I lived yeah. in New Jersey for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that's about all I could take. That's about so all you I didn't could even, take you didn't even wet your big toe. I know, but I- In Jersey. I, I lived in Paramus, New Jersey. Uh, you lived right across the river from where, where I did. Yes, yes. Uh, you lived by the Meadowlands Arena. I don't out know. Out in that it, area. Again, I was only there for you know like yeah. three weeks. Oh, okay. Well, we'll let it go. We'll forgive you, okay? Yeah, yeah. that's good. I, yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'll be kind today. Okay, well, it but, be kind. Uh, <laughs> you rewind. <laughs> yeah, you could rewind it on the computer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I knew there was something different about me because like my mom used to tell me. We could tell you that right now. 
Oh, believe me, I know you'll tell me, and my wife will tell me. Your wife is going to see a side of us that she's never seen. She's over there. She's like busting her gut. I know. Yeah, believe me, I. She knows me very well. She knows I'm very different. Oh yes. Yeah, and we laugh about it a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) joy. You see the look on her face. Yeah. See the look on her face. Yeah. She knows very well. But uh, my first. Well, from the age of three to the age of seven, I went through uh, a lot of sickness. Okay. And now I realize it was the enemy trying to take me out. Mm-hmm. He knew he knew you had a destiny. Yeah. yeah. He knew I had a purpose and a destiny with the Lord. I didn't know it then, but now I understand the Lord showed me and revealed to me that the enemy was trying to take me out. But my first real encounter with the Lord was when I was 16. Okay. Where I was laying in my bed. I had come home from work on a Saturday. And I, was, I took a nap. As I'm laying in the bed, I'm facing, laying on my left side, looking at the wall. I fell asleep. And I noticed the atmosphere in my room changed. Oh. Like the Shekinah walked in. That's when I first experienced the Shekinah glory. Was it kind of foggy or you just sensed it? Uh, the temperature changed in the room. Okay. Hot or cold? It was warm in the house because we didn't have AC at the time. And it was warm, but it was comfortable. Uh, but then when I was awakened, I could tell the temperature dropped maybe 20 degrees. That's how big of a drop. And I can feel the chill in the air. And I could see, there w- my eyes were closed, but I could see there was a light on at my feet. But there was no light on. And I knew that because I had turned everything off and we didn't have any lights in the backyard because I had a window to the backyard, but there was no light. So I said, somebody must have opened the door. So I get on my back and I get up on my elbows and I look to my feet and there was Jesus at the feet of the bed. And he's looking at me with a smile and laughing. It could have been laughing at my big feet. Could have been. But uh, I'm only kidding. he looked at me. I know. He looked at me. You're just, you're just making up for the lost time. That's all. I, I know. We haven't been together for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. But uh, he looked at me, and I felt this peace. Mm-hmm. I felt this joy. You know, I wasn't afraid. Right. And I knew I was in good hands. And then he just started moving from left to right. And the door was right here. So he just went right through the door. Wow. I got up. I ran from my bed and I opened the door and my mom and stepdad were in the living room. And I said, mom, Junior, did you see Jesus? And my mom said, come here. And she says, sit down. She says, remember the stories I always told you, how you always saw Jesus. I kind of figured when you said that, that he was in your room. And the look on your face shows that you saw something important. And I said, yeah, Jesus was in my room. I'd never seen him, but I knew it was him. Right. And uh, then I had an encounter with him in 88 when I had the auto accident. That's when I gave my heart to the Lord. He came into the emergency room. I was like an hour from dying Mm -hmm. from the accident. Wow. And. uh, I remember praying, and the Lord said, you know what? Everything is going to be okay. Again, 
in the waiting room, in the emergency room, the Shekinah glory came into the room and all you heard was a hush, but there was a hum, like electricity in a generator right. was roaring, but yet it was quiet. And that's where I heard his voice for the first time so clear, like you and us, you know, right. us talking. talking. I heard his voice mm. and he said, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And I passed out because I had lost so much blood. Right. I woke up three days later and uh, I made the Lord a promise. If you save me, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Okay. And he proved himself. Right. He came through that when I was able, a year and a half later, I was able to get out of the house after recovering. And the first thing I did was go to church. How old were you then? I was 27. 27. 27 years old. I had the accident when I was 26. At the end of... Sorry, that's my cell phone. <laughs> Some, I should have lowered the volume. Yeah, shut it off. That's, that's my indicator that, that somebody sent me something. Uh, you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I'll tell you they, what, it I always they, comes at the wrong time. I thought they thought your life was so funny. But, yeah. oh, well, that's funny if they actually thought that and they weren't even listening to it yet. I know. But uh, yours is off too. Uh, yeah. Mine is on airplane mode because oh, okay. recording. So we're not in an airplane. I know. But oh, okay. We're. But so, okay. Continue with your story. But uh, in so you were actually okay. Okay, you basically turned your life over to Jesus. You told your age. Yes. So what goes on from that point? From there, uh, I've had many, many, many great encounters with the Holy Spirit with Jesus and the Father, uh, so many that, yeah, and so awesome. Life-changing, let's Life say changing. that way. Question just, let's back up a few. You said you're 27. Let's back up to your teenage years. Mm -hmm. What was a teenage Nelson like? Very athletic. Okay. I did a lot of exercise. I did a lot of sports. I didn't like school, yeah. but I went. You went. Uh, I did pretty good. I wasn't an A student. I was a B and C student. Okay. But uh, I was a loner. Mm hmm And uh, people always question me, how come you're always by yourself? Why is it that you don't hang out with the crowd? I said, I do. I play baseball. I play basketball. I play football. I ride bike. I do skateboarding. Wow. So I'm with a crowd. But when I'm alone, when I'm home, I was alone. Right. I went in my room. I put my music. And it's funny because in music, in worldly music, let's call it that way, in worldly right. music, I could feel God's presence. Right. He would actually talk to me mm -hmm. and through, the, through the music, okay. through the lyrics. And a lot of times I would lay down on my bed and I'd put the speakers right here at the head of the bed, mm -hmm. one on each side. And I would go into, not a trance, because trance is... Right. Not from the Lord, but I'd go into like a vision mm -hmm. and I would see things that were going to come to happen in the future. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would see things and I'm like, wait a minute. I saw that. Years later, I'd say, wait a minute. I already saw that. What's mm -hmm. going on? I didn't understand. Now I'm going to ask this question. Is there anything that you've had like that, dreams or visions or um, insight on something in the future that hasn't come, pa come to pass yet? That you can remember. Everything that the Lord has shown me has come to pass. So far. Yeah. So the Lord is going to speak to you even more of future events. He has talked to me about things that are coming, yes. Uh, 
there's a lot of stuff coming in the near future. Uh, you want details? Um, on one? Yeah, one just thing? on one. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Put you on the spot here a little bit. Yeah, uh, no problem. Uh, one thing I know is there's going to be drought and there's going to be famine. Man, that's and, logical, yeah. And I mean, the reason why it's coming is because of judgment. Okay. Uh, like in the Bible with the nation of Israel, when they did, when they walked right before the Lord, they were blessed. Mm-hmm. God provided everything for them. Right. But when they walked away from the Lord and followed other gods, like the nation has done, yeah, it, judgment came. Mm-hmm. And that's what is coming is judgment. But in the judgment, and it's interesting because I was listening to Tim Hines thing in August 12th. Right. And he was talking about that when God brings judgment to the church, he gives blessing. Mm-hmm. And I've heard another preacher preach on that. A prophet, a mighty prophet of the, of the nation was talking about that the other day. And whenever God brings judgment to a nation, he also uses it to do a revival. Okay. And that's what he's been saying. This, we're, we're entering into, we just entered into a season where 2018 started the seven years of prosperity, like in the Bible with mm. Joseph. Right. The seven years of prosperity and then the seven years of the skinny cows. Mm. 2025 will be the, the pinnacle or the beginning at full force of the famine. But it's starting gradually. It's already getting there. It's right. like the process has begun from 2018 on. And uh, it's what the vision I just saw was like a storm off in the distance. It's not there yet. Right. But it's you in do the, see the clouds and they're getting darker. And you know you can see the something's lightning coming. That you know, yeah, something's yeah. coming, yeah. That's what's happening over the first seven years. Starting again, what year? Uh, 2018. 18, so 18. 2018. 21. And it's seven years. So, so we're 20, four years into it. Yeah. And then 2025 will be when the full force famine will be in and, and drought will be in. But from what the Lord has told me and he's told other prophets is that this is going to be a time where he's going to use the remnant, mm-hmm. those who are willing to obey and do what's right. He's going to. Let's say it this way. He's going to do like he did with the nation of Israel. Before they left Egypt, what did God tell them to do? He told them, go to the Egyptians, get the wealth, get the clothes, get everything, plunder them. But God's not going to do it that way now. What he has said is he's going to take the wealth of the wicked and give it to the righteous, to his kingdom. And... uh, I know sometimes that sounds harsh, mm-hmm. like somebody's going to go and break in it. No, God's going to transfer it right. the way he knows how to do it. How he's going to do it, only he knows, you know? Well, the story, like I heard a story one time about a guy, and I think it was in Puerto Rico or some other country, I can't remember, now that he owned uh, a Taco Bell franchise and there was land, and everybody said, because they wanted to do a tent revival there, and, uh, and everybody says, no, that guy's not going to... Uh, let you use the property or give you the property or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So they, they found out who owned it and they, um, uh, him and another guy went to uh, go see him to ask him if they could have the property. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, they picked up a third person uh, and tell the story quickly. Uh, they got to the guy's house 
guy opened the door, looked at the, the three of them standing there and started weeping. He said, last night I had a dream and Jesus came to me. And he says, there's going to be three guys, three, mm -hmm. not two, three, whatever they want, give them. Mm -hmm. So, so, and this guy was very barrel like, you know, it's like wealthy. Mm -hmm. I don't care anybody else but myself. Mm -hmm. And God told him to give it to him. So mm -hmm. they gave him the property. For the, for, for the, so they could put a tent up. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you never know what God's going to do. It's in his timing yeah. and how he's going to do it. He's got it planned already. Right. Okay. So, uh, so, that, so, so you started having all these visions and dreams and, and insights. God's talking to you mm -hmm. through your teenage year. Um, mm -hmm. What about your early 20s? What was going on in your life back then? Uh, my early 20s, I kind of knew I had a calling. But I wasn't sure. Right. Because people have been talking to me about the Lord and, and it was like, yeah, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, I've heard that before. But I never really submitted to right. God speaking to me because he was talking through them to me. Right. He was working on my heart. But I was like, you know, I wasn't sure yet. I, well, do I really want this now? Am I ready for this? You know. Um, but... Like I said, in 88, when I had the accident, I was 26 so that was 26 years old. And then 27. Yeah. And then uh, from there on, it's been an uphill with the Lord. Okay. So what's been going on? Okay. Because you're not, you're not 30. So, so what's happening after 27? Tell me some things that were going on in your life, some stories uh, that you can tell up to the time you, you met your, your wife. Well, it was, those, were, those years were maturing years for me. Mm-hmm. I, the more I read the Bible, the more I got to understand, the more I grew. I still made mistakes, but I was growing. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a lot of, uh, I moved to South Florida because the Lord brought me to South Florida. He told me it's time in 91 to move because he was going to protect us. So you moved from Jersey? From Jersey to that, South Florida. South Florida, like what, the Miami area? Or? Uh, Pembroke Pines. Pembroke Pines. I yeah. know that. I've yeah. never been there, but I know that. Yeah, city. I went there when University was the f the last street, and everything else from there west was Everglades. Okay. Yeah, you had uh, Hollywood Boulevard, then you Little Pembroke Pines by Perry Airport, and then from there it was all Everglades. Wow. And then in the fifteen years that I lived there, it became all the way out to twenty seven. It went out. Wow. Yeah. Um, then he moved me here to Central Florida in 2005. He said, it's time to move again. And uh, this is where I found out the call on my life, where the Lord called me out to, to be who I am today. He said, you're a prophet to the nation and to the nations. I've called you since before you were born. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's been a, a very interesting walk since right. then, since 2005 to now. Okay. He's showed me so much of things all over the world, mm -hmm. the nation, the church. Uh, so since 2005, so people know that, you know, sometimes you go to a church and, and God has you there for time. For a season. For yeah. a season. And, it, and, and then the thing about Christianity is, just because you go to another church doesn't mean you stop being friends with people and, mm -hmm. and, and the pastors and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's a lifetime commitment because we're yeah. all brothers and sisters. Yes. So, yeah. um, 
let's talk a couple about a couple of churches, you know, the, the order of the churches that you went to, not that you were church hopping, but God used you in different churches for different reasons. Uh, I really went to a family Christian center in Hollywood. Okay. Then from there I went to, oh, wow. I can't even believe I don't remember the name of the church. <laughs> It happens. It, it was in North Miami. I went there for 15 years, taught children's ministry. For and you 15, forgot the name of the church. And I forgot the name. <laughs> 15 Words years. of Life Church. Words of Life. Oh, Words yeah. of Life. I know. The, um, the Moore family. Rick Moore? Rick Moore. Yep. Yeah. He's the, I've, I've the older son. Yeah. Yes. I've um, yeah. I met him. Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot there. I sat under mighty people of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Hagen, right. Norval Hayes, Joyce Myers, Benny Hinn, Oral Roberts. Oh my God! All the big, the my, big ones of the of the faith. My big favorite one now is Jerry Savelle. He was there too. Yes. Yeah, he's the I, faith I, pastor. Yeah, I met Jerry Savelle when I worked for TBN. Yeah, he came with his motorcycles and a couple yes. other people. He, he would come and preach at the church in his Harley. Yeah, yeah. yeah he would go in up. his jeans and hat and. Yeah, we opened up the door of the of the, of the set. Yeah, it's a big garage door. Mm-hmm. We opened it up and brought all the motorcycles in. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't remember what he preached on, but I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, he was mighty man, mighty man. Yeah, I like I like him. He's cool. Then he brought me up here. Then I sat under uh, the Dubois family at Family Christian Center in okay. Port Orange. Okay, Port Orange. And uh, from there. Uh, Francis Varello, Francis, Mary Francis Varello, who was the prophetess that the Lord used to call me out and say, listen, this is who you are. That's where I found out in 2005 that God had called me to be a prophet to the nation and the nations. And it's been a, a, a work in progress, yeah. you know, in growing, learning what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. I, I like, you ever see the skit guys? They did a skit of, of one of them, like and it was Eddie and Tom or whatever their names are, mm-hmm. and one of them was God, and he had a, he was chipping them, chipping them away. He, no, I don't. Oh, I never saw that. Oh yeah, you gotta look it up on YouTube. Okay, it's 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 you know, chipping away, and that's mm-hmm. what God does. Yeah, he gets a little. Okay, that's a little more. Get yeah, relax. Yeah. Get relax. Yeah, you know, preparing you. Yes, for what God, because He doesn't bring you from A to Z, like boom, overnight. No. Overnight. No, there's you, a, there's you'd, a, we'd a, mess it up. Yes. We'd mess it up. We'd mess it up pretty good. So. Yeah. So, in 2005, you kind of know that you're going to be a, you're a prophet to the nations and stuff like that. Yeah. You said you're at that last church. Where did you go from there? Uh, from there, I went to here, to Identity. To Identity Church. Yeah. In 2011, I wound up coming here. 2011. And yeah. then you stayed at Identity. I stayed at Identity until I met my beautiful wife. Uh-huh. Dyla. 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 And that's a story in its own. Yes. yes. Okay. So what we're going to do now is with your help of, because your wife speaks English. Yes. But sometimes her native language is Spanish. Yes. So it's a little easier for her to speak. So yeah. hopefully uh, you can do some interpretation, sure. but and if you need to help me get the question to her. Sure. But it's your story. So I want to start with your story from when you were a wee little girl. Okay. Yeah, and, and stuff like that. So uh, let's go from there. And let's tell us where you were born and up to the time you met your lovely husband. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Move the mic a little bit, like a little closer. There you go. It bends. Yeah, there okay. you go. All right, good. 
Okay, my name is Stella. Okay, hold on a second. Um, I'm I've lost you for some reason. Uh, let me see. Go ahead, speak. Yes. Ah, there you are. <laughs> I was wondering why I couldn't hear you, but you weren't really saying anything before. So I, <laughs> you know, as I said, I leave all these things in. I mean, we're not perfect. You know, we make mistakes, and yeah. and I I forgot to hit the little green ear. <laughs> Got to have the green ear on for it. So, okay, let's start that one again. I, I'm, I'm not worried about editing there. Just, just go with it. Okay. My name is Dela. I born in Puerto Rico, Pio Piedras, Puerto Rico. And I'm 40 years, 41 years old. And I think you were 41 years young. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Young. Young. And She's your best friend now. <laughs> <laughs> Second best friend. You're supposed to be there first. Oh, okay. Well, I don't mind sharing. Oh, okay. I don't mind. So I born in Puerto Rico. I grew up in Carolinas, Puerto Rico. And I got uh, two sisters and a brother. And I grew up in a really dysfunctional family. Was a lot of abusive um, family from my dad, and the only thing I could remember was um, just a few good things in my life, but not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when I was fourteen years old, I had to choose or still living this life with abusive life in the whole my life for 14 years or just move on and trying to find out your way mm-hmm. so i met this person so and he take me with him so i just get out from my house with him and then just one day when finally i find out because my parents know so they put me out from my house oh. so i have to start living like a forced life with him because I don't have a choice. How old were you at that time? 14 years old. 14, okay. Yeah. So I have to choose, okay, I live with him. You want me to him. translate in Spanish? No. 14. It's all right. 14 is 14. Okay. Okay. All right. So so how old was he? He was 28. 28. Okay. Yeah. So they said, well, you out of the house and you have to get married with him because if not, I will put you in a... Like a DCF here. Juvie. Right. Juvie, yeah. Or, and then he have to go to jail. And now, because, right, because he's, not, he's yes. 28, you're 14. And you were Puerto Rico yes. at that time? Yes. Which is not, I mean, it's part of the United States, it's a commonwealth, but it's not a state. No. Yeah, yeah. but by that time, yeah. if they put a case, he would be in jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's a so, little old. He was a little old for you. Oh, yeah. So he chose to say, okay, let's get married. So we don't have an option. So. Right. So we get married, and then I have my beautiful daughter. She's 25 years old already. And then after six months, I get married. We get divorced for abuse again. I have marks in my body while he left me. And then it was really bad life at that time. I was by myself. Right. And you had a kid. I have a kid, and it was rough because many things happened in the middle with my daughter. So, so let me get this straight. You okay? You were fourteen. You get married, got pregnant. That's about almost a year, nine months. So you're fifteen. Basically, you had a kid at fifteen years old. Yes. And then you said you were married for how long again? Six months. So, oh, six months. And I, I was thinking three years. Yeah, we, no, we was together. We was together. 
but then we get married when my daughter has six months, so we get divorced. So we get married when I was pregnant. Right. Wow. Until again, we prepare everything. You weren't even so. 15 at the time. No. And what, I, I got to ask this question. Mm -hmm. What were your parents thinking? Because if my daughter at 14 years old was dating a 28-year-old guy, um, I would not, I would be livid. I just, I would not let that happen. Well, because my life, you no, know, was uh, my, my mom, I don't blame my mom mm -hmm. because she went through abuse too. Right. So, but my dad was more like, he doesn't care. Right. He was so abused with us and my sister and my mom. So he didn't care. Right. He just is what he say and that's it. And when was this relationship an escape for you? Uh, you know that you figure yes. you get out of the situation oh, yeah. yes. because you were in an abusive a rape mm -hmm. relationship with your parent or your, at least your dad mm -hmm. and basically it sounds like to you me that your parents gave you an ultimatum mm -hmm. okay we're going to send you to the system or you get married exactly yeah and you didn't so want to have i don't have a choice so i just okay so and then i talked with him so i said you want to go to jail i don't want to go to that place so right. you don't want to go to jail so we have to do what we have to do okay so and then in the middle time i get pregnant we know was married but at that time so when i was pregnant i get married get my baby and then we get divorced right because he was doing crazy things too was an abusive relation things too so i was um i was living with my sister mm -hmm. because i didn't talk with my my parents because of my parents they took away my daughter from me because i was a child Right. It doesn't matter that I was married, I was a child. So the court over there said, you are a child, it doesn't matter, you're not an adult yet. Right. So they took my baby from me, so it was a, it was a hard, it was hard. Right. So, and then in that time, I'm trying to go to church before I left my house when I was 14, but it was so hard. Because every time you try to go to church was, they treat you really bad mm -hmm. so i said well i don't go to church no more so i just trying to find somebody took me from my house right from that time so i find that person i said okay so let me go and then after that and i get my baby back was like in and out in and out because i don't have a stable place mm -hmm. at that time right and then i start working by myself trying to find out um a job and trying to finish my school i didn't finish yet so finally i finished my school i tried to finish my college but i can't was her right. was her but then um and when i was working on 2005 i get an accident mm. i fell um by the second floor by the steps oh so was so bad my back is all messed up it's supposed i have a big surgery in puerto rico but the doctor over there say here the surgery you need we can do it in here right you have to move to united states because we can do it in here it's so big right they give me some treatment they give me some treatment on something but that doesn't work mm -hmm. So I'm going to start making plans for moving over here. Okay. And then because I found a place 
to get my surgery in Jacksonville in okay. a Kendall Hospital over here. But because that's why I'm here, because the other way I was in Puerto Rico. So right. the doctor sent me over here. God had other plans for her. Yeah. So when I get here, because I changed my <laughs> license mm-hmm. from because I didn't know how that worked. Right. They said, well, now you are not like visitor. You are a resident. Right. So they can do my surgery here. Was a... Was hard. Mm-hmm. Was hard. I was fighting my social security because of my conditions for my back, but that doesn't happen. Was eight years working with that. Nobody wanted to do the surgery, still waiting for that surgery. Right. And they said if I don't have that surgery, I can't even walk because my, my back is really, really bad. Right. And then uh, God had me here because there's no other way I could walk. Right. Her back, when, it, when she fell it, uh, in the Lombard area, mm-hmm. it shifted and it fused, shifted. Wow. If she, let's say she falls from a pretty high place and she lands on her sitting, she could be crippled for life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... I came in here in 2010. I was refusing to stay here because I'm missing my Iceland. I'm missing my place. All my family is there. Right. But God have a different plan for me. And only here is my parents and me. That's it. Okay. What about me? Uh, well, we have, oh, you, okay, 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 picture, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I'm not there yet. You're invisible at the exactly. moment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're not there. You're invisible. I've got a white shirt. You got to be able to see. I, I can't see you. So Talk about her now. <laughs> you had your tie. Let her instigating. Let her speak. So, and after that, I was still working with the social security, but they deny, deny, deny after a year. Okay. Finally, they say, you know what? No more. You are denied for everything so you have to get another conditions or something for we approve and say no i was i went through a lot because i i went through try to do different things in my life but nothing worked right so finally in uh, i was living with my parents i was living by myself because i have an apartment so it was a little bit rough but i'm still here mm-hmm. finally and 2016, I have a job at Walmart, and after they denied my case on social security, so I said, you know what, I had to do something. I came, or I'm going to start working or get back to Puerto Rico, but I don't have nothing, because when I move here, so I sell everything over there. So I started working at Walmart, and then I met him over there, just like a customer, working in and out, in and out, in and out, just... Not even friends. Right. Not even like friends because... He caught your eye. <laughs> he's a strange guy. <laughs> I want to get always, to know this guy. Yeah, he always go over there to buy some fruits, some vegetables, something yeah, for his Yeah, I used to days. go buy my breakfast and I used to go buy my lunch every morning at every, five in the morning. And that's when you were... So, yeah. 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 She was there, yeah. She was a security making sure I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... And then every time he goes, he look for me or say, hey, he called me 
cousin in Spanish is prima. Okay. So cousin. Yeah. Because she reminded me of uh-huh. a cousin of mine. From the uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> the doctor is in. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. The doctor is in. Yeah. Okay. So you met him. All right. What we're gonna do is we're gonna stop there. I think yeah. it's a good stopping point. But actually, let me we back up a little bit because we talked a lot about um, things that happened to you, your back, and your your birth of your daughter and stuff like that. Before we go off the air on this on this show, let's talk a little bit about your walk up to that point as as a Christian, as a daughter of of the living God. Um, start from your birth, and you know, and you know speed it and you don't have to do it slow i mean you just okay. you, you can just you know but it's important because because okay. we talked about the secular things things that you know the medical mm-hmm. the, the abuse and stuff like that but i want to hear a little bit about what god did in, in your early ages up to the time you met him um where you saw him where you if you you accepted him at what time stuff like that okay so i accept him when i was a child okay but you know, do you mean was child under eight years old? Before like 13, before maybe 13. Okay. 11, 12, something like that. Okay. I was in a church in Puerto Rico, was with my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then I used to go to the church with her. But every time I get back from church, right. was some argument at home with my parents. So I just decided to don't go no more to the church because every time I go and I came back, it's right. something. There's a fight. So I just say, you know, I don't go no more. So after that, I stopped going to church. I believe in God. Right. I accept him, but I refuse to go to church. Mm, you didn't so, want to deal with the battle no, at home. Because I said, well, if going to church is so bad, so what I have to go. Mm-hmm. So I grow up and I go, I visit different kind of church. People invite me here. I go there, blah, blah, blah. So when I moved here, I went to a church. The first church I visited here was one in Fort Smith. There is no there no more. Um, but they closed the church mm-hmm. and everybody just, just moved a different church and something right. like that. So after that, I went to a church. Um, it's already up. It's still open. But she moved from the place. She's in the barrier right now. So, but I said, you know what? It was like I was dealing with my back, with my depressions, with my social security. It was a lot of things, and then was I could I could say like they was looking for me all the time, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like you know why I have to go if everything is so bad for me. So I don't I don't understand why. If I go to church, everything's so bad, so I don't have to go no more. Right. So, and then after that, I went to a church. This, this is the church I'm, I'm going right now. I visit them. She's going by herself. By that we, time. We go, we go now. We both go there. I'm just going to say. So, <laughs> the look that she gave you when you <laughs> said that, that's a priceless. <laughs> so I went to that church. And I started visiting them, but was like in and out mm-hmm. because of my job. I don't have Sundays off. Right. So I was in and out, and they keep calling me. They keep looking for me, come visit us. And then I start going there in and out. And then my mom um, went through cancer. Mm-hmm. And then when she was into, in 2020, she started with that the cancer things on her brain. 
So that's the time I said, well, God just, if you heal her, I will be there because I need her. That's the only thing I have, you know? Right. I'm part of my daughter, but she's in Puerto Rico. I don't have nothing else. I just need her. Mm. So I'm going to start going to church. And that, in that time was when I meet, really meet, meet Nelson, uh, my husband. Okay. So, and that's the church and we're going right now. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to pick up in the next episode a little bit when you guys met. Em is a, uh, uh, a customer stalker. <laughs> oh, thank you. He sees this good looking girl and he says, I'm going to. I never looked at her in that way. No, she's your cousin. Yeah, I was my cousin. Oh, okay. you got to go there. Okay. <laughs> That's what you said. Doctors in the house. Doctors in the house. So you're your cousin. So, all right. Um, let me, we'll end this a little bit. Um, you're working with Identity Church and other churches. There's a couple other churches, uh, yeah. bilingual churches and yeah. Spanish churches. Yeah. They're going to have a conference in October, October 15th. 15th. Yeah. Um, tell the audience a little bit about what you think is going to be happening um, and, and then where to get more information. Stuff like that. Well, the conference is focused on forgetting about denomination mm-hmm. and uniting as one kingdom. Okay. You know, when Jesus said, uh, I will give you the keys to the kingdom, he didn't say I was going to give you a building. Right. Jesus did all his ministering out there. Mm-hmm. And what the Lord said is, I'll give you the keys, but I will build the church. Okay. When he said, through Peter, he was going to build a church. If Peter wouldn't have walked where he was supposed to, he wouldn't have been the foundation. Right. Jesus is the foundation. That's what the word tells us. Mm-hmm. Peter would have been a tool that he would have used to build a church. And because he did, God, God built the church from there on the day of Pentecost. Right. And what he wants us is to go back as the day of Pentecost, where there was unity. There was no Pentecostal. There was no Right. denomination at all it was just one people mm-hmm. one god and his god's glory well right. that's what we want one of the things i'm thinking about when when jesus said that to peter i think i think it was more likely it wasn't the fact that jesus was building you know, the the church upon G, uh, Ra, i mean between mm-hmm. peter yeah. but the revelation of what peter said yes that's what he was building on yes yeah not yes. the man of peter himself yes Yes, some religions and have taken that off as Peter's the first pope and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast. But yeah. but in general, it was um, the revelation. Yes. Uh, yeah, what Peter said. So, okay, that's cool. It's going to be happening in October, October fifteenth uh, at Identity Church, at Identity Church in Deltona, Florida. Yes. Um, check out their website at identitychurch.net. Uh, there'll be information right now. It's just saved a date. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time this podcast will air, it will be closer. So um, it might already information of the, of the conference will be up by that time. Yes. So because yes. this will air in a month or so. Mm-hmm. So, well, everybody, thanks for listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. And we're going to pick up a story next week of how Nelson Mel- met his lovely wife. And they're <laughs> my cousin. And your cousin. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Stay tuned. Why Nelson met his cousin and they got married. Yes. This is not like redneck. Uh, you no. Know, the boondocks. This is tennis. Puerto Rican neck. Yeah. Puerto Rican neck. <laughs> not red. So Come on. Join in next week and when you hear the rest of the story. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And again, this is Kevin James. God bless everybody and talk to you soon.
This has been a Millennium Beat production. Views and opinions of the guest aren't not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat. I want to introduce you to a new program we are starting in 2023. It is a program where people can contribute, sponsor, or become a super sponsor to help support what we do at the Millennium Beat. We are also developing a partner program to help reach our goals of reaching people. More information will be on our website where you can fill out a form to become a sponsor or partner and make payments directly to us from our website.